I have uh, the title of my talk, I think, Aspiration or Intention. And what, um, where I want to go with this is, I was, I was thinking about intention, which is one of the factors of the Eightfold Path, wise intention, really setting your mind towards uh, the direction you want to move in. in, in um, but I was also thinking about aspiration, which is maybe a little bit different. It's kind of it has a flavor of hope to it, or qualities you want to develop. Like, you, and I, I was thinking about this uh, to for, to a certain extent because last week I talked about the paramis. Some of you were here last week, and the paramis are uh, qualities that it said we need to develop to awaken. And the paramis are uh, patience, generosity, wisdom, truthfulness. I'm not going to remember them all. Um, loving kindness, equanimity. Did you say that? No. No. Which is appreciative joy. No, only loving kindness and equanimity at the Brahma Viharas are. But and um, effort, energy, resolve. So the, those those qualities. Um, are what's necessary. And so I, you know, and I, and I talked about how we have to f uh, find our own way with it. Like what, what uh, do we think that we need to work on? What is bringing us um, discomfort? Do we, are we caught up in impatience or, um, you know, holding on, not being able to be generous with whatever we want to practice generosity? So what are the qualities that we have to develop, you know, when we come to this? And even not even the paramis, maybe we just want to be um, kinder in our speech. Maybe we want to be more pleasant. Maybe we want to, you know, can we be compassionate to other people? So how do we move our, uh, our mind, which then leads us to our actions? leads us to our character. How do we move in that direction? Um, and I was reading, um, there's a book, that, there's this monk, Ajahn Suchito, and he wrote a book about the paramis, and I was reading a part of it, and it's not just here they are, but it's really, really good. I'm really enjoying it, and I was reading the part about wisdom, and he talks about, you know, wisdom is seeing clearly, um, not only to uh, know what is, but to see what action is most skillful. And I think that's part of how we cultivate and move our minds to uh, a direction that leads toward, leads to liberation, leads to freedom, leads to um, the end of suffering, however you want to define it for yourself. Nibbana, Nirvana, um, leads to uh, letting go of that shit that doesn't serve anymore. If you keep walking down the same path and you keep doing the same things and you keep um, suffering or hitting your head against a brick wall, how do you move in a different direction? How do you shift yourself? Because we're so often, um, we, we, we often talk about in these teachings how to be with what is, how to sit with the discomfort, because we're oftentimes not interested in being with the discomfort. We've created 
a multitude of distractions to take us away from what we're really experiencing. So how do we learn to sit with it? And it has this flavor of, of grittiness and toughing it out and just got to bear down, you know, and, and sit in the fire. And there is a little bit of flavor of that, but there's also a development of, of wisdom and a moving towards, not just a being with, but it's like, okay, I can see where I'm causing or I'm, I'm holding on to something or I'm, I can see um, what the discomfort is, but how do I now create a different, a different path? so that I'm not running into those walls. So I'm letting go of what doesn't serve. In this, in this, in this piece I was reading, he talked about sometimes in meditation set a topic. You know, like I, in the end, it's like cultivate gratitude. And what I do is oftentimes lead you 99 and 44, 100% of the time, I lead you in an insight practice, which is a comeback. What's happening right now? What's your experience right now? But there are a lot of other types of meditation. There's, there's the heart practices, loving kindness, compassion, uh, appreciative joy, equanimity, where you cultivate you know, these qualities. There's forgiveness practice. There's um, uh, practice around generosity. There's all types of things. If you feel you need to work on something, maybe you can bring that in. And he talks about things like um, a topic that's suitable, like goodwill. Or mortality. That's always fun to meditate on, your mortality. Um, the good you have done. The good you have received. How often do you reflect on the good you have received? Or the good you have done? We, I don't know, but a lot of times we tend to slough that off because it's never quite enough. So, um, Or maybe, the, he says, the example of the Buddha or of a spiritual teacher, you know? The person who has qualities that you'd like to emulate. Because I'm sure there are people in this world, whether they're alive or dead, that like, I'd like to be like them. I'd like to be more like them. They're so generous. I knew a woman once who, she passed away many, many years ago, but whenever you spoke to her, you felt like you were the only person in the world. She gave you that much attention. And it felt really good, and I really like that. And I'm like, oh, what would, it be, what would it take to do that? So these are qualities that are kind, that are skillful, that are wise, that we want to cultivate for ourselves. Because we don't, hopefully, I mean, in the, in the big picture of Buddhist teachings, you want to cultivate wholesome, loving, kind qualities, not, you don't want to cultivate greed and anger and aversion. That's kind of what causes suffering for everybody. So you want to let go of those. And how do you let go of them? What's necessary for each of you to let go of those? We each have to define our own path. What is it that I struggle with? What is it that you struggle with? And so you have to begin to think about this. Um, you know, an intention, intention is grounded in wisdom, is grounded in seeing clearly. If you look at the Eightfold Path, the first, the first factor is seeing clearly. You have to begin to see your craving. See where you're stuck. 
in this this painful place that's not actually necessary in the in the harshness in the wanting things to be a certain way um, and then set an intention to let go um, so there's a piece in this this um, this book of, um, on the paramis that I want to read, and, it, and it's the, a piece of, about wisdom. And, he, and it says, wisdom develops a path out of suffering. Wisdom grows especially well through meditation. How do you get wise? This is a good question. It grows through meditation. Meditation in the Buddhist sense means cultivation of calm and insight, which is what you do, and the development of mindfulness and concentration to bring that about. Mindfulness is the faculty that bears a feeling, an idea, a process, or a sensation in the mind. Sustained, it counteracts the scattered in intention and impulsiveness. So when you're able to be mindful, you're able to cultivate this, this calmness, which fights off, is it counteracts that, that bouncing around. And for those of you who have been practicing a while, hopefully you've been able to see that in your own experience, that maybe when you first started, 30 seconds was like impossible. And now that you've built up your, your mindfulness muscle a little bit, maybe you can sit for a minute or two or three with this, with this calmness that your mind isn't bouncing all over or you're getting drawn away. You have this stability. So that's what you're doing with meditation. You're counteracting the scattered attention and impulsiveness. Concentration is the deepening into steadiness that mindfulness brings, a deepening that becomes pleasurable, that calm, that's, that's pleasant. That's pleasant. These two, these two support the calm, and when the mind is calm, we can look into it and bring wisdom to bear on the roots of mental action. And I talked about this a few weeks ago, where you need to drop below the activity, drop below the mind that's constantly bouncing here and there to see what's underneath, to get to that place of calm. That's where you find the wisdom. That's where you see clearly. Um, so you get to the roots of mental action. This penetrative inward looking or insight is needed because it's often the case that we don't really know or aren't clear about the causes, motivation, and effects of what we're doing. Why the hell do we do what we do? The basis of action gets buried beneath the sheer quantity of action our minds get involved with. The shininess of, you know, the chasing the squirrel. Wisdom in meditation comes through handling and evaluating our experience in terms of how it affects our mental awareness. Insight looks at whether sight, sounds, thoughts, or attitudes feel rough, tight, or bright. Rough or tight or bright. Whether they're bringing, bring around a contracted, a, whether you feel contracted or stressful, you're tense, or whether you're open and calm. So when you're contracted and stressful, that's when you're chasing something, when you're caught up in craving or aversion because you need something to be a certain way. Whereas when you're in the flow, you're, it's, there's a brightness, there's an openness, there's a calmness there. And as you pick up the marks of unskillful or skillful from the state of mind and you see how they arise, insight develops. Your wisdom takes on an embodied heart and a gut knowing. You begin to 
intuitively understand what's happening. You have that insight, that wisdom. And again, I talked about this a few weeks ago where you just have that sense of like, oh, this is the right thing to do. And I talked about spending years having that sense and totally ignoring it because letting the mind take over and, and then finding, asking myself, when the hell am I going to pay attention? It's when I finally started practicing this that you could calm the mind and say, no, I see what's going on up here. There's fear, there's whatever. Let me go down to the gut level, the wisdom. Your wisdom, uh, let's see, you get to a place where you say, it feels like the problem isn't that people want a lot from me, it's more that I'm a compulsive doer. I demand too much of myself. It's this felt knowing you have to you have to calm the mind to get to this felt knowing and inquire with reflective awareness rather than think about yourself. Then you can see. There is suffering. The cause is a craving to be some state or another. If I let go of that craving, that's how I get, that's how you get free. So this wisdom is the foundation. You need to cultivate this wisdom through mindfulness practice to begin to see clearly. And when you begin to see clearly the causes and the unskillful action, oh, it's my craving. Can I let go of that craving? That need to be light, that need, whatever your craving, your need is. If you can let go of that, that's where you begin to see clearly, oh, every time I do that, I have to, you know, I have to come up with a sarcastic comment because it's funny and then they'll think I'm funny and that's important. Why? The, the reasons why are lost in the mists of time a lot of the time, but we still do the behavior. Why did you have, do you guys have behaviors that you do and you're like, why the hell do I keep doing this? Anybody? A couple people. Okay. <laughs> And it's like, it's because we don't know. Sometimes we don't know why, but we need to begin to see that we're doing it, that we're getting caught up in this stuff. And it's this reflective, this reflecting and cultivating this awareness. You know, so in order to have intention, we have to cultivate wisdom and they go hand in hand. It's not like you cultivate wisdom and then you do this. We do all of these together. It's like last week when I was talking about the paramis, you need this to have this. In order to have wise, wise view and see clearly, you need to have um, effort and mindfulness. So it's not like linear. They're just, you just kind of like, I'm going to start doing this and this will lead to this and then I can start doing this. So it's like this yummy grab bag that um, what's meaningful to you is what will start you'll start um, holding on to. So, yeah, and Ajahn Suchito says, using intention in practice, there's a wish, an aspiration, a subtle movement of energy. We begin to move subtly and we have to discern what's skillful in the moment. So we pause and go, is this wise? Is this skillful? Is this going to cause harm or not cause harm? Because in the Eightfold Path, when they talk about wise intention, there's three qualities they talk about. They talk about goodwill, how we want to have a place of goodwill. We want to come from 
loving kindness. We wish all beings well. We come from a place of non-harming. We don't want to cause harm. And we come from a place of renunciation. And renunciation is one of the paramis, too, of letting go of what doesn't serve. It doesn't mean not doing it because you have to not do it in order to be a good person. It's letting go of something that because it causes you suffering when you do it. And seeing that clearly, you need the wisdom to see, oh, I keep getting caught up in this rat race. And when I get caught up, I suffer over it. Can I let go? So and, you, and you behave, you, you, you move in a different direction, a more skillful um, way. Our wise intention is intention allied with values, with our integrity. How do we want to be in the world? Do you want to cause harm or not cause harm? Do you want to be kind? Do you not want to be kind? And what does that look like in that moment? We are continually evaluating our actions. In fact, um, in one of the suttas, it talks about the Buddha talking to his son, Rahula. And he said, he said he, the Buddha told his son, reflect on your action before you do, action of body, speech, and thought. Before acting, while acting, and after acting. So you're constantly asking, like I said in the meditation, what is this? What is this action? When you have an emotion arise, oh, am I, this is present. Am I acting to mitigate this? Am I acting because I think you're causing it? Am I being compassionate towards myself? Am I being compassionate towards you? We have to learn to be aware and you can't be aware without mindfulness. And, and, and so we, that's why we practice. That's why we sit on the cushion. Come back, come back, come back. What's happening right now? Oh, I'm caught up in anger. I'm caught up in greed. I'm caught up in fear. Fear's a huge driver. Fear's a huge driver. And I, I, I talked about, I think I talked about this last week, being in relation, hanging on to a relationship way longer than you need to be in a relationship. This relationship died years ago, but you can't let go because there's fear driving you. Who will I be without this relationship? What will they say? It's a fit, you're a failure. Or whatever story we have created in our mind. Meanwhile, we suffer because we can't let go or a job or something, whatever it is, whatever your, your personal um, discomfort is, we have to learn to investigate that discomfort and what is underneath it. Not the stories about it, but the wisdom is from seeing what's underneath. Um, yeah, so... Uh, Right view, seeing clearly that greed, there's greed, that there's, there's um, you know, that things, um, well, wise view is necessary for um, um, intention. It talks about this in one of the suttas. We need effort 
to continually bring ourselves back. What a wise effort in the Eightfold Path is to see when you're being lost in unskillful thought and let it go. See when you're, you're in skillful behavior. Keep it. So you're moving yourself in a particular direction. Did you have your hand? Was that a question? No, it was a <laughs> so you move in a particular direction. It's like, I want to cultivate patience or I want to cultivate generosity. I want to move in that direction. Um, the retreat I, I, we had a couple of weeks ago, we were just talking about um, the, the topic was living with an undefended heart, the path to liberation, which is quite an exalted title, but um, I believe it. It's my personal practice. My practice is how do I live without defenses? Because I believe defenses are aversion. And if I'm trying to let go of aversion, how do I do that? And I wrote a, I wrote a little blog about it yesterday because some of the, the pushback on it is how do you, or the question is not necessarily the pushback, and it's a very, very valid question is how do you live with an undefended heart in the incredibly violent world we're in right now. That it seems like the violence has ramped up tremendously and the hate and the rhetoric and the, the it, it's just you know off the rails in so many places right now. How do you do that? And I think in it's recognizing that this undefended heart does not mean um, no boundaries or condoning um, actions. It's just an awareness of the reality saying this is the way it is but I don't want to become um, what I'm fighting against. Let's say, let me, I jumped ahead of myself. I, um, I don't want to become what I don't think is wise and skillful and if we begin to harden our hearts we may begin to become what we're fighting against. Um, it's talking about um, going to work, doing some nonviolence workshops, and the man who's teaching, Reverend Jim Lawson, who's uh, who's been teaching nonviolence since the '50s, in with Martin Luther King, he talks about it's a making sure you don't become the person you're fighting against by hardening your heart, and so. To keep an awareness of that, to keep loving kindness, to keep compassion at the forefront in your own heart is how you do that, is how you avoid becoming constricted and hardened and becoming that which you're opposing. Is that making sense? Okay. But it's not easy. It's challenging as hell. But I would posit that it's an aspiration worth keeping in mind. It's something that's really worthwhile to not harden yourself, to not become um, shut down, but to be able to turn towards whatever's happening wisely, skillfully, not like an idiot going, ooh, here I am, ooh. That's not skillful or wise. 
but to be smart, which is why we have to cultivate mindfulness. It's really important to be wise around this. The Buddha said that karma is based on intention. And each moment we are sowing seeds of suffering or happiness. This karma means action. How we behave, you know, leads to where we end up, whether we can draw a straight line or not. It's not just moment by moment, but there's this huge, there's a big picture. And there's a James Barris uses the term, a clear comprehension of purpose. We have to see clearly what our purpose is. So it's a big picture, you know? It's a big picture, but you start where you are. You start in this moment. You start with the discomfort. And, and, and I love the, 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 the teaching in Wise Intention where it talks about um, intention leads to action. Action leads to habit. Habit leads to character. Character leads to destiny. That's karma. What, how, where you guide your mind is how you're going to act, is how you're going to experience the world, is where you're going to end up internally. Not, not talking about your external circumstances but internally how you work with what your world is. Whether you have equanimity or not. That's what the Buddha is talking about. The seeing clearly and guiding yourself skillfully is really, really important. So, um, what's necessary? The Eightfold Path, you know? Learning how to live in a way that, I believe this, this is my personal belief. Eightfold Path, <coughs> cultivating why, seeing clearly, cultivating wisdom, cultivating intention, cultivating integrity, not causing harm, being in the world wisely. Um, and then that mindfulness, mindfulness is necessary, necessary. If you don't have mindfulness, it's like everything's out the door. Because you're not paying attention. If you're not paying attention, how are you going to be able to do any of this? You're just going to be driven by your conditioned mind. The paramis. And so the Eightfold Path in these teachings are, there's so many ways to approach it. Like I talked about last week when I was talking about the paramis. You've got all these qualities, patience. Um, how do you show up in the world you live in? How do you, you know, and there's, you know, it's, Spiritual practices throughout history have talked about these things. Love. I had a I had a couple of quotes yesterday when I was writing my blog about that. You know, the well, the first the first couplet of the Dhammapada: Hatred never ceases through hatred, only through love. So you know, golden rule: treat your neighbor as you wish to be. No, the gold is that the golden rule? I don't know. I don't remember. So, or yes, anyway, but. You know, treat others as you wish to be treated. That's pretty simple. Not easy. We don't do it. Because we don't think about it. Because we other the other. We create scenarios why they deserve to be treated that way. 
when it, the Buddha is saying, no, no one deserves to be treated that way. Period. End of story. People are held accountable for their actions, yes. But we don't get to treat people like shit because we think they should be. Because we can hide behind the anonymity of our keyboard and talk crap to people. Say that to them when you meet them in a bathroom. That won't happen. So, um, any any questions or thoughts or comments on this? Oh, I was going to say, um, I mean, I feel like I, you know I, I try to like check in with myself and, and like pay attention to my the choices that I make and, and, um, and like try to understand like my, my intentions. Um, but I feel like my like obsession, it, it, that, that like checking in, like that assessment, like becomes like an obsession mm. <laughs> a lot of times. And, and then, and especially like, um, you know, in, in like a lot of situations, I'm like, oh yeah, I'm definitely, um, making a choice here that's like causing myself or like others harm um, or like oh here this is like a, a good skillful choice but like a lot of times like I just like don't know, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> and, and, I'm, and, and it drives me like crazy that and, and so like there's that kind of this like doubt comes in and I, and I start to like um, obsess <laughs> over that and um, and so yeah I feel like in those like so many times I just I feel like I have to like to let that go and just kind of like relax into the yeah so just I think that the one thing that is to be be kind to yourselves because we we can tend to strive I want to be a good person I want to be the best good person ever and I never want to make a mistake you know which is impossible so just you know just like you know we all fuck up it's gonna happen it's gonna happen can you be kind to yourself and say, you know what, my intention was, um, my this was my intention, but then I also understand impact. Impact is huge, and and to continually go, oh, did I cause harm? You know, I don't think we have to be obsessive about it, but just pay attention, just really pay attention. And sometimes we have to check in with others. It's really important to check in with others because we can't quite get perspective on ourselves because we're in this water we're swimming in. Which is hard to hard to get out of sometimes. So, yeah, just be gentle with yourself. Yeah, is there another? I used to listen to a lot of let's say political podcasts or watch public, you know, political news, and it would get me very riled up, and I would volunteer for things. I've just noticed in the last six months or so, I've just increasingly. I, I, it isn't that I've become indifferent, but I just feel that it is what it is. Like I, I have a, 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 a more of a sense of less emotional connection to it. But I, I'm wondering, is that my heart getting colder? Or is that, how, how do you know that you're not becoming colder versus just becoming more peaceful? Mm. I think it's important to, um... Yeah, it's important to recognize that because of the the kind of technology that exists, you know, the overload is like that. 
and and 24/7 news cycle. I mean, and they yell. I mean, they talk constantly. I mean, I, I remember when Notre Dame was burning, and I was working in my at home, and my husband had a TV on in one of the room. The sound was off, but I'd walk through periodically, and I'm like. It's like seven hours of Notre Dame burning, and I'm like, this is not necessary. Not that I'm cold, but it's you don't have. And but people ingest it, and people ingest this stuff, and it has an impact. Thich Nhat Hanh talks about in the in the in the precepts. The last precept, the fifth precept, is to be careful. Uh, is to um, not. Ingest intoxicants, which leads to which lead to heedlessness, which is often drugs and alcohol. But he talks about Thich Nhat Hanh talks about expanding that precept to be careful what we ingest, visually, audio, um, to guard the sense doors. Be skillful in what we intake. It doesn't mean we're ignoring the problems that are happening. I quit listening to the news in my car. I don't listen to. I don't watch the news on TV. I know what's going on. I know what's going on, and um, burnout is very common. And so it's like I don't want to burn out. I want to still be able to do what needs to be done. So I have found a niche where I am working, and it's like I was thinking about this today. We we get into the idea that we have to fix everything. This shit, we gotta think. In as、um, Diana Winston talked, wrote an article about Bodhisattva a few years ago. She said you have to think in geologic time. Things didn't get this way overnight. We're not going to fix everything tomorrow. This man I was talking about, Reverend Jim Lawson, he's been working on this stuff. He's 92 years old. He's been doing this since the 40s. You know, working on nonviolence and economic justice, and that's his thing. And、um, and he's like, and he he. Just says you just keep you just keep putting one foot in front of the other, doing what needs to be done, and but take care of yourself. Give yourself, recognize that you're probably you're probably taking care of yourself, which is important. Um, um, and we're grateful that there's some people that are in can't take care of themselves, you know, because of the the, the circumstances of their lives. They're in it, but、um, as best you can, take care of yourself and still. Work in a way that you can to better whatever makes what's important to you. Because we can't fix everything. That's the thing. I think we want to fix it all. But find what makes sense for you. What's what's what what touches you, and be a fucking kind person. I mean, that is really important. Be don't harden your heart. That's what we have a tendency to want to do is harden our hearts, but that's where the effort is: is try not to harden your heart. Try and come from a place of compassion for all, everyone, everyone. No, and 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 that's like yeah, but not this one. It's like okay, maybe you're not there today. That's fine, but try not to say never. That's what's really important. It's like maybe I, I, you know, that's that's what's really important about this to understand is like some of us may never get there, but I'm going to hold this idea out here, going, you know what? I'm not going to say no to the idea. I might not get to that place, but I'm not going to say no to it.
So I think that's what's really important. That's where I try and land with this stuff. Because it, it brings about more ease for me. Is that? Yeah. Yeah. Thanks.